Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 215. Yep, 215, and it's going to be a good one. It is. It's going to be better than all of our good ones. Yeah. All right, we do have an interview. That's one reason why it's going to be great. Uh, Awesome band, Soldiers of Destruction. So stay tuned for that coming up. Uh, As always, a lot of great music. A lot of good stuff. Let's get right into it because we have so much going on. We don't want to delay the episode. Let's get into the episode. (laughs) So we're going to start with the new stuff that has come out recently will be coming out. I'm going to start for one in May. So the band Aggressive out of Germany had them on the show a couple years back. They just released a new single called Meet Again. They have a lyric video for it that came out that single on the 28th. So go check that out. Now we're going to jump into June. On June 1st, Super Bloom put out Pollen. Broken Trojan put out Fear Porn, which is a single. Chuck Jones put out The Show Must Go On, also a single. Talk Show Host is putting out Mid-Century Modern, or put it out on the 4th. Also on the 4th, Eternal Struggle, Year of the Gun, which is on Upstate Records, and Demons Run Amok. On the 4th, Totally Slow put out Casual Drag. Two Minute Miner put out A Goon's Best Friend till the very end. It's awesome. Got my copy and my shirt. Also on the fourth, The Old Breed, they released on 8UP Records. No Hope for Glory, which is an EP. A couple singles they released, plus a couple other ones that didn't get put anywhere. Well, they made an EP with it. It's now out. The Raging Nathan's new LP is out on Rad Girlfriend Records. It's called Waste My Heart. Looking forward to getting into more of that. We played... The single, the title track single there, Waste My Heart, back in April. We played from this one, Cuffs. Cuffs Factory Sessions Live. Videos out on YouTube. The actual release is out now. Get out and check it out. That came out on the 4th. Also on the 4th, Sell the Heart Records compilation, which is called An Outcome of the Lawsuits. Complete cover of An Outcome (laughs) the Wolves of uh, Rancid from... Bay Area Bands. Such a clever album title. Right? I like it too. Uh, A cool split came out. I was listening to it earlier today. Unwanted Noise and Decon came out with North American Invasion. Really dig all those Unwanted Noise tracks. Wasn't familiar with Decon and I like those as well. So get out and check out those or that split. It's a good one. Also, Los Hell Gamblers, they put out Viuda Negra, which is a single. Dead Heat put out World at War on the 5th. Lawmaker put out Law of the Land. It's an EP, and just like their previous one they released a few months back, they have, it's a four-track EP. They also put a four-track acoustic version of all those, which is a separate EP, it is definitely worth checking out. Lily Livers put out Sunny Side Up on the 6th. Grass Mud Horse put out a new single called Johnny Todd featuring Frankly, Frankie McLaughlin. On the 7th, Manic Hispanic put out a new single called Lowriders from Mars. Slow Fire Pistol put out Rabbit Town Blues on the 9th. The Woodsman put, is putting out Black Hole. It's a single coming out on the 11th. Again, I said this last week and I'm going to say it again. Cool 
band name Satanic Togas is putting out a split with Zoids on the 11th. Another split on the 12th is Liberty and Justice and Killer Hearts. It's called Babylon Bad Boys. Ink Bomb and No Breakfast Goodbye are putting out a split as well on Horn and Hoof Records. That's on the 18th. Bootlickers putting out Bootlicker LP on the 18th. Authority Zero's Ali Ali Oxen Free album is coming out on the 18th. And then, it, well, let's see what we got. Berliner Weiss is putting out Spur Dein Erz, which is on Lake Town Records. Uh, the, I think I heard single Demonin, which was cool. And I, it's in German, and I know I'm mispronouncing that, but that's coming out on the 18th. <laughs> The next two releases we're going to talk more about on the show, but they're both uh, also going to get released on the 18th. Ben Out of Shape and The Boldness are putting out a split EP 7-inch on Demons Run Amok. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And Soldiers of Destruction are putting out their debut after 40 years uh, Mm -hmm. LP release, (laughs) Cause and Affect. It's on the 18th. Eric. Anything to add? Anything you're looking forward to? Well, I got some stuff to add. I finally buckled down and listened to the new Bare Minimum tracks, plural, because I realized, oh, I am really out of the loop with these guys. But the latest of which was Bitter Pill, and it was good. I really like it. It's going to be played soon. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a brand new uh, Descendants track called Nightage, which is coming out on their Ninth and Walnut compilation. Some really fun stuff there. And also, there is a band called Depopulation Department. They are releasing an album called Another War Victim, and it's gonna. It actually just came out. It came out on June sixth, just a couple of days ago. Some very heavy crust punk cool. coming from that of that caliber. And of course, my pick of today, as far as new music is concerned, is Punching Up by Total Massacre. From the 24th of May. <laughs> <laughs> May the 24th be with you. Is that how that works? I guess. I, mean, it's, <laughs> I think it's about that old. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. Uh, like that band, if you missed that episode, go back to episode 207 back in April. We had Cap'n No Fun and Jeff Massacre on the show. Yeah. And we're talking, played a couple new singles, I think, what, since January or so? Single every month, and they're they're yep. staying true to it. That's the single they released in May. Yep, that two singles in April. Yeah, two singles in April. And I, for, I forget the titles of each one, mostly because there's a quantity of them. <laughs> <laughs> but each one is good, and this one is really good. Punching up, it is their it is their calling card of uh, straightforward socio commentary, political socio political engraved lyricism in their uh, fast-paced punk rock. And what more can I say? It's just a perfect blend. And they are still drinking from that blend. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we will do so with uh, Punching Up from Total Massacre, latest single from them. But we'll see what June has to offer. Yeah. 
Punching up, they are punching up constantly, and I just can't wait to hear all the more of these guys. A single every month, bring it on, bitch. <laughs> also, the singles that came out that month, Joel the Punisher, kind of as they stated, didn't go along with the rest of the themes, of the tracks. Hence, it was the second, or it was the first of the month. But there's a reason why there was two, and then two things was the single that they released in April that we also played on episode 207. And then single that we missed, I think you were trying to play it, and I picked the wrong single because at the time that we were doing it, uh, playing the one you wanted, I picked mm-hmm. the wrong one, even though I don't know why. <laughs> and we played a different one, so I ended up throwing that on there to make up for playing the wrong Total Massacre track, and that was Get Richard Try Dying. So we played a lot of Total Massacre. We really enjoy that band. I hope you do. Go check them out. Great band out of L.A., and if you haven't seen or listened to episode 207, go do so. Please do so. Right. Give the give your support to this band. And at the top of the show, I was talking about Lawmaker. Well, we played a track from Lawmaker on that episode from the All Work No Class EP, which was the EP that they released earlier this year. So coincidentally, something else we were talking about that also appeared on episode 207. But fast forward eight episodes to episode 215. That's where we're at now. Uh, the split that I was talking about just about five minutes ago, Ben Out of Shape and The Boldness. We're going to play some tracks off of it. There's two tracks from each band. The first we're going to play is Ben Out of Shape. They're from Friesland in the Netherlands. I want to thank Bart, who is in the band Bent Out of Shape. We played tracks from Who Laughs Last, which was their 7-inch Go back to episode 186 if you want to check out that episode that we played that on. The split between the two bands, one being from the Netherlands, the other band being from Bali in Indonesia. We'll get to the boldness after this track. Uh, Ben Out of Shape, their split is going to be released on Demons Run Amok. So if you're in Europe, go check that out. But if you want to get it here in the U.S., check out Audio Epidemic Records. That's where you can get it instead of having to try to buy it and get it shipped overseas, which will take forever and cost a lot more. So avoid that. (laughs) The split, again, it comes out June 18th. So here in about nine days, not this Friday, but the next. So here we go. Let's play a track from Ben Out of Shape. Then we'll talk a little bit about the boldness and play another one from them. Two tracks from each band. One of the tracks from Ben Out of Shape is True Colors. Here goes. We've been 
great track. Oh yeah, I like that band. Yeah, it's got the, the that little gravel voice. Always reminds me of Paul Bearer from uh, Sheer Terror. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> oh yeah, just that, just that uh, Lemmy imitation that just transverses so well into, uh, <laughs> fuck into skinhead music. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bad Out of Shape is awesome. Uh, I really liked their, their demos, their their seven inch release. I like this split. The two tracks on here are really good. That was True Colors. I want to thank Bart again for sharing. We're gonna play the Boldness next. They're a great band out of Bali in Indonesia. I've played them on SLC Punkcast before, and uh, played them a couple times, I believe, over on Punkanoi Worldwide. Just a cool band. Uh, and I think that they released like a compilation thing, eight up records maybe, uh, not that long ago, and it was like a compilation of all of their previous tracks. And I think they're working on new stuff. Uh, I can't wait to hear it if they are. But here is the track for one of the two tracks from that split, the boldness. They're from Bali. The split's coming out in June. It is June, but in about two weeks. <laughs> Let's listen to Skinhead Warrior speaking of skinhead music. Yeah, let's get it. Skinhead Warriors off that split seven inch with Ben out of shape. That is a good one. Yes. Very prominent bass lines going in there. I love that. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. 
appreciate the bass. Uh, it's good stuff. Check out that split seven inch coming out again. So I'm going to be on Demons Run Amok in Europe and uh, here in the U.S. Audio Epidemic. Check out that record label as well. Check them out. Check them both out. And I'm sure over in Bali would be awesome. I don't know if these guys are planning anything. It's hard to you know plan in the. I don't know where borders are open and closed between places, but you know, ho- hopefully this year, next year, the boldness can make their way to Europe and or bent out of shape, make their way over to the South Pacific, over to Bali, and you know, play together, you know, do shows together because Seriously. I think that'd be really awesome. So hopefully something like that happens. And you know, the far distant wish is. Man, wouldn't it be neat if they both just met here in the U.S. and then we got to see them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome. Good stuff there. All right, well, check out both those bands. That was the new music portion of the episode. We are moving right along into the older, lesser known, because we are getting ever closer to the great cover-to-cover album, which will bring us right before that interview. Eric, what'd you pick for older, lesser known? Me. Oh, Me. <laughs> I chose a band called Slobheads. Slobheads, what a name! Yeah, that's what that's what attracted me to them. If you're gonna call yourself the Slobheads, <laughs> okay. What have you got for us? And what they do have for us is very. Let's see, very low. Not exactly lo-fi, but lo-fi in the same grain as a band like Slaves or Heavy Lungs, Idols. You know, it is pretty straightforward, but it has a very has a very exaggerated feel to it. Cool. So it's that kind of a, I don't know, living room sound, something like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not exactly a basement sound, but it's still raised a little bit. But the Slobheads, yeah, they rock, They walk that same train. You know, like I said, they are you know, very much adjacent to, to Idols and Slaves, which is uh, which are kind of like the uh, front runners of that new England punk rock sound. So they have a few they have a few releases out, mainly just uh, three EPs and a single. And I chose the uh, what was it called? The Badlands EP. The Badlands EP got five very solid tracks on there, and this one seemed to be uh, more closely related to the hyphy version of punk rock. The rest of it closely related to uh, more garage rock, but just not as much distortion, okay. like at all. But. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it packs a punch. These guys are rowdy and rambunctious, and it's another two-man group. You know, nice. seems to seems to be the norm these days. <laughs> right, a lot of them, and I, I haven't found one that we've played on the show anyway. I didn't like. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like uh, I like quite a few of them, and these guys are. Yeah, these guys are no exception. I like them too. Obviously, that's why they're on here, and they have a very lovely song and. If you have a problem with them, they're telling you, I ain't the problem. You talk. 
So, yeah. Do you think they're the problem? Because they think it's you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a good stuff. It's got the hyphy and uh, ruggedness of slaves, but also they kind of have a uh, sound similar to that of the Chats from Australia, cool. where it's a, yeah, still the same thing, but a bit more of a uh, poppy feel to it, for lack of a better word. It's just kind of like comparing a, uh, I don't know, a band like Gorilla Biscuits to a band like Judge. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, they're still from the still from the same vein of of the music that they play, but they just took it in different directions. That's how I feel that these guys are standing out amongst the many many other two man bands, bolst just bolstering right out of England, right, and apparently Australia as well. <laughs> Maybe people just have a hard time getting along, and they don't want to have too many bandmates, so they don't have to break up. They're like, well, yeah. who's one other dude that I like? And I drum, so he needs to play guitar, or vice versa. Pretty much. <laughs> it's just like the White Stripes all over again. <laughs> right? But yeah, they make, they make it work. And you got to love the fact that there's not too many heads in the kitchen. <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. So it makes uh, creative endeavors all the more entertaining and... And, yeah, really just more creative. We'll say that. <laughs> well, we're going to bounce around... We've been, we did LA, we did the Netherlands, we did Indonesia, all the way back to Southwest London. And now we're going to go to New York City. So Ooh, we yeah. played a bunch of bands from New York. Yeah, sure speaking of the of New York bands, <laughs> right? Uh, the band Suspect Device. So if mm. I had the hindsight, on one hand, we could have played like two back to back shows just with bands that are spawned from you know guys playing in these bands that play in those bands and these bands and so forth right yeah. we're speaking of the craze the you know mad mulligans schism and so forth we started playing mad mulligans and then schism and like i said we've we've worked our way around uh wrench so many bands well there's another band that thank you to albie uh Got to check out the band is Suspect Device, which branches into another band, which maybe we'll play here in the future, <laughs> which is the Truants. So there's a story behind it. Go to the Facebook page. We'll tell you where that is at the end if you can't figure out Suspect Device. But you can I wonder get the if story they there. sound like the stiff little fingers at all. <laughs> You're about to find out. See, Eric hasn't even heard this yet. So uh, Albie sent over some tracks, a couple of them. I think they were on like a compilation or something like that. But several unreleased, I think there was three or four unreleased tracks. And every track I heard was great. And you know what? We're going to play an unreleased track. That is, so it's not on an album. It's not been released. Uh, maybe they'll do something with it. Somebody should hear it. It is awesome. I like this one. I just picked the one that sounded the best because to me, even though I liked all of them and there was a lot to choose from, I really didn't have... A better reason other than when I heard this one, I thought this is going to be the one. So the band Suspect Device featuring members of the Truants and the Craze, Mad Mulligans. And again, thank you to Albie. Here we go. Suspect Device. This track is called Orange Men. Yeah! 
my own question yes they kind of do <laughs> <laughs> good to hear i liked it i i'm glad that we got to play one here and talk about the banks i think that one day when the rest of those tracks make their way out so people can check them out uh it'll be a good day and they're good tracks they, somebody should be listening to them so i'm glad that we can play one here and i look forward mm -hmm. to when 
however they choose to release those other ones. It's good stuff. Yeah. You should check out Suspect Device and all those other bands. And now, got to go play, I think, you know, on an upcoming episode, Truants. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to play Truants and figure out, oh, well, there's this other band that some of the guys had played in before or moved on to. So maybe we'll end up playing that band, too. Who knows? <laughs> let's get into let's before we do the great cover to cover album. We both went to a show this past week. Oh yeah, first show for me in like nineteen months. It was. I'm pretty sure the last show I saw was in Oakland at the Rock the Ship in Oakland, and that was yeah. October, like mid October. I might have seen one right after that here. I can't remember because it's been so long, but like October of 2019 for me. And there was a, a handful of shows that I was coaching and other things through that winter period and class. And anyway, a lot of excuses that I was like, eh, you know, I won't, I won't. And then fucking the pandemic hits. And, yeah. <laughs> and that week I was going to be going to Wisdom in Chains. Mm-hmm. Told the story before. Point is, is this was the first one for me. You've seen one not too long ago, but also went to this one. Yeah, this was my second show this year. Right. Yeah the the previous one that I saw was Gag Order, Narc, and Degeneration XXX in the basement of a tattoo parlor, and this one was in the backyard of a tattoo parlor. <laughs> yep, and uh, just to show how. Uh, how acclimated the DIY ethics were. They built a stage there, which was basically just a bunch of little uh, uh, manufacturing pallets uh, threaded together, (laughs) screwed together. They were upheld by about two dozen milk crates, and the foundation is gravel. Wow. So there you go. That's the stage. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the singers were all out on the ground. And, yeah, it included... uh, a new band, Marine Corps, that is uh, that played in substitution of Raid. Raid was unfortunately not able to make it to the show, but I did see uh, their singer and uh, used to be guitarist. I think he's their drummer now, Arturo and Sam. Cool. Ran into them, caught up with them. It was really cool seeing them. And anyway, Marine Corps, they were definitely you could tell a high school band. <laughs> Just a couple of. Uh, teenagers who got their first guitar, first drum set, whatever. It was the equivalent, and their performance was kind of the equivalent of the cool rocker kids' performance at a high school talent show. <laughs> that's what I got from it. All right. And that's not a backhanded compliment. I'm, I apologize if Marine Corps is hearing this, but you guys, you could tell. They were having fun. They were getting way into it. They were just poking at each other. You could tell that they just loved being there, playing in front of people. Didn't matter where, didn't matter what. Didn't matter they were playing on little 12 by 12 inch practice amps. (laughs) (laughs) And we were just like, you know what? I even shouted this out when they were were packing up. I was like, yeah, A for effort, guys. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, just give it up shit, but, you know, that's kind of what you do for the uh, new guys in there. So, yeah, Marine Corps is pretty cool. Uh, and as for the main reason of my going, Mandalore. Oh, yeah, Mandalore. It was just great seeing those guys play live again. Uh, Conrad, he's still he's still pretty damn agile. Yes. <laughs> being, the, uh, 
being the tall, lanky build that he has. And, yeah, his vocals were pretty on point, but you could tell he was uh, out of practice. <laughs> you could tell. I mean, all of us are. I'm out of practice. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm losing my voice a little bit because of practice two days ago. <laughs> I just overdid myself, and I have a show in two days. But that said, we'll get to that. <laughs> the... So yeah, parts where he was singing, he was uh, substituting with like talk singing. And I'm like, okay, I recognize that, but it fits. He managed to make it work. He even gave me mic time a couple of different times. He did. Yep, during uh, yeah during my favorite song, 1313. And it's actually pretty funny. He gives me the mic when I'm doing, I got a grudge and it's aimed at you. I rep the X, stay true. <laughs> I'm like, um... I'm not straight edge, so I just say I rep the S, because just straight, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, then I just hand it back to, then I hand it back to Conrad, and it was a good little warm-up for what's going to be coming on Friday. Maybe too good a warm-up, because now I, yeah. <laughs> Long story short, I got overconfident when uh, during practice and was like, yeah, I can get this. And then next morning I wake up and I sound like this. Sucks. I got a robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> so Hopefully it turns out all right. Uh, we also got to see Violent Unrest, who we yeah. just had on the show back on episode 208, the show after the show we did with Total Massacre. Yep. That was, uh, yeah, that was back then. Yep. And that was the first time we did an interview after after the plague had kind of kind of kind of settled was reaching that reaching that little point where we all came back into your basement. I know it, it, it's been a nice transition because we'd been doing the phone and then figured out well let's just do the shit on Zoom and you get we get better audio and then you're back in in the studio the basement <laughs> with me and yep, then we the, have actually had people come in. You know, we've had a band come in now, so... Yeah, the studio is just a... Uh, it's a laptop and uh, two <laughs> microphones and, uh, and a little uh, mixer. Right? And, yep, that's the studio. <laughs> <laughs> the table's really long. The table is very long. <laughs> it's, to accum- it's to accumulate all the guests that we do have. Yes. We could fit a lot of people, even though the microphones would be really close. Anyway, Violet Unrest, they were awesome as well. Uh, had a blast, really enjoyed it. Uh, I will be at your show on Friday. Let's talk quickly about that. Okay, that one, sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be playing June 11th this Friday at Urban Lounge. It is a show that is put on by uh, Trent Falcone, who is the singer of Villain, the headlining band. And we'll be talking more about them very soon. We will also be playing with Social Stigma. You may remember that we interviewed them on the show quite some time ago, like uh, back in 2019, I think. I think it was at the very end of 2019. Something so, like that. Yeah, it was like uh, the winter <laughs> months. Uh, I'll find that for you as you finish telling us about the show. Yeah. Anyway, that is, uh, yeah, Social Sigma, inclusive of vegan anarchism and just straightforward hardcore. That's how they call themselves. <laughs> Episode 130, by the way, December 17th of 2019 is when we published. Ah, called it. Yes. All right. And yeah, they are a lot of fun to see live. Barrett, their singer, he's uh, dressed up in a, uh, dressed up in like uh, anarchist army clothing <laughs> with a ski mask and everything. And, and yeah, villain, they kind of hold this, uh, 
they hold this presentation, this kind of backdrop of being old school 1930s gangsters. You know? nice. uh, not in their attitude themselves, but the artwork of their albums and how they present themselves on show flyers. It's just these men in dusters and little bowler caps. And they are all holding guns or they're walking in a straight line just down this dark alleyway. Yeah. That's the imagery that they go with. And it is really cool. You know, <laughs> if you're going to be a gangster, it might as well be an old school one. Right. <laughs> and I was also joking about this with uh, Tyler, our bassist. He has a uh, he is actually a groomsman at his friend's wedding that day. And. Yeah, that gave me a big uh, <laughs> sense of anxiety. I'm <laughs> like, another wedding? Another wedding? We were scheduled <laughs> to play that, the show we just talked about on that day, but Brissa had to go to a wedding. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and But this one, I was like, if we miss this one, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> we didn't. He's a, uh, yeah, he's, uh, He's leaving the wedding early, and we're not scheduled to go on until 9 p.m., so we're fine. We're fine. Awesome. But what I'm getting at is he had to uh, purchase a tailor-made suit because that's what the that's what the groom, his best friend, was was uh, was requiring at the wedding. So he was joking about, like, I can make it to the show, but I might just be wearing my suit. I go... That would be fucking hilarious. Because, <laughs> like I said, wearing the spiky jacket with all the patches and his hair done sticking up in 15 different directions, and he's wearing a suit. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty damn hilarious. I even right. sold him a cigar. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, and I said, yeah, villain might see that and invite you up on stage to be their mascot. <laughs> but he's he's not. He's going... He's leaving the wedding early, going back home, changing into his uh, punk rock garb, as it were. And, yep, we're going to rock that stage, guys. <laughs> Get there if you can. Urban Lounge Friday with Social Stigma. They're kicking it off. So what time are they playing? Somewhere around 8, 8.30? Yeah, I would say around 8.30. Okay. Uh, Trent told me that uh, Doors are at 8. And, yeah, we're slated to go on around 9, 9.10. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Cool. Well, either way, we're playing. On that note, villain is headlining, and you picked what for your great cover to cover album? Right? I chose their second EP, "The Massacre." Awesome. Or rather, Volume Two, "The Massacre," as some people like to call it, or just two. <laughs> nice. So yeah, as of as I've said before, I mean, I have a. Uh, I have gorged myself in Villain's history and their all of their songs. I just absorb everything, and I am coming back and just uh, and just acclimating them and just uh, speaking my love for them because <laughs> I do love them. They're one of my favorite. They're like within the top three of my favorite hardcore bands in Salt Lake currently. They're right alongside Mandalore and Crow Killer. Awesome and. Yeah, Crow Killer I've talked a bunch about, but <laughs> and Villain I've talked a bunch about. <laughs> and same thing with Mandalore, so go figure. Uh, Villain, yeah, I first uh, was introduced to them uh, by way of Slug Magazine when I was going to interview them for one of their localized pieces. And by then they had only one EP out, which is a solid EP. And, you know, just four songs, you're in, you're out, okay, that was awesome. And it is an awesome EP. I will probably play some stuff from that in the 
distant future because <laughs> I've been playing a lot of them lately. And, uh, and yeah, this one I really wanted to get to, The Massacre. I had it on my list for quite some time, but I wanted to, like, wait for just the right moment. And, yep, this is the right moment. <laughs> They're playing on Friday, and I got to... I gotta pay homage, or not really pay homage, but uh, give back what I gained from this album by just saying, guys, you're doing a great job. Keep doing it. And And the first song that I got on here was Darkness. And Darkness, it was written by Trent just kind of as a reaction to his, uh, uh, to his father's untimely death. And it was by Suicide. And yet, no matter how hard you think you are, no matter how tough you are in this life, you still have your weaknesses. And it doesn't come any harder than having someone you love die. Right. Either way. And it's even harder when it is self-inflicted. Yeah. Like, that's just really... That's just shitty. <laughs> so, yeah. Despite the fact that it's uh, such a hard-hitting, heavy song, it just, like grips your stomach and just makes you think, oh my God, I really got to keep the people I love close to me and really appreciate them. And it is in times like that where you know who the real people in your lives are. You know, times of trauma, times of tragedy, the people who actually love you, they will come to your aid. Either be it distant, if it's just a message saying, I saw what was going on, I love you, I hope you get through it, or they actually travel that distance to come to you, it's still the it's still the same, it's still coming from the same place of of care and attention and concern. Right. So yeah, that's that is what I get from the song Darkness. And yeah, hopefully it reaches out to any of you guys too, dealing with similar struggles. Let's listen. I don't know what to do. 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 I don't know
and there's the first song, Darkness. Yeah, I kind of started it off on a very uh, somber note. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a song that really uh, relates to me, because I'm in kind of a unique position with this one. On one, I can relate to uh, people who have approached me and said, uh, pretty much, like, if it weren't for me, they would not be alive today. Because, apparently, I had a very positive effect on them, showed them, you know, a different outlook on life and uh, gave them a new, uh, uh, gave them a new breath, so to speak. <clears throat> but whereas I, I suffer from the same shit. Like I've dealt with my bouts of depression and I still continue to do so. So a lot of stuff that he's saying is like what people have also said to me, like you can't take away what you say with your own eyes. You were so much happier in my mind. And that's the thing. A lot of people struggling with this, uh, with that type of ailments, they like to hide it from other people. Really? Uh, me personally, I don't want to make it other people's problem. It is my own. It's, uh, it's something that I got to deal with. And yes, people do come around and they do help me. And I'm like, I appreciate you. <laughs> that's good. So yeah, that's where, that's how darkness just, uh, surrounds me. And I know how that sounds. <laughs> darkness surrounds me. <laughs> I know, it sounds like a mid-2000s uh, angsty teen, scene kid, emo type thing, but <laughs> it's just through a different vessel. And it's uh, stuff that, yeah, after you get past your uh, teenage angsty years and you realize, oh, yeah, I guess I really haven't changed that much. This uh, is a problem. <laughs> and that's how, that's how I discovered it. That's how a few people discover it, but really... If you push it down even further, it's just going to sit there, it's going to fester, it's going to spread, and it's going to grow, and that hole is just going to keep getting deeper, and it's going to get harder for you to crawl out of it. Right. So that's my that's my TED Talk, everybody, on the song Darkness by Villain. Uh, give it a listen if you, or give it a listen again, <laughs> you know, you just heard it. If you like it, then listen to it again. Rewind this. And it's available on the Bandcamp to page, too. Yes, it's available on the Bandcamp. If you really like it, download it. Give them some, uh, uh, give them some cash for that. Right. Yeah. Or come to the show. Buy it there. Exactly. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, moving on from there. And uh, yeah, I'm speaking a lot. And this is a long song. I apologize. It is a long one. But personally, I don't feel the minutes go by. And it's it's long because it's it's slow and it is just a beat down. It's not exactly just a you know, just chuggy breakdown type stuff. It's more like sludge doom type hardcore. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah, they're just big, chunky riffs, and they hit hard. It doesn't exactly go into a breakdown, but it just builds and builds to that final chorus or that final verse. And really, if you're a hardcore kid, you just want to start punching people to that fucking thing. <laughs> and, yep, this is basically the uh, the the respective title track of the CP, but it has a bit of a, it has a bit of a prefix to it. It's called, this is not a fight. It's a massacre. This is the kind of behavior I might've expected of you.
just everything in there with the uh 
the doomy drums, all the little sound effects towards the end, that little ominous uh, uh, possessed choir sound, and then the crying baby. It's just everything. <laughs> it just all comes in together and just, yeah, it just screams that old school mafioso gangster style, just wearing the black suits and everything. And, of course, the title suggests this is not a fight, it's a massacre, which is basically Omerta, you know? You will... We're going to make sure you receive what you deserve. Nice. That's awesome. Well, good stuff. Great cover cover album. If you're anywhere near here, go check them out Friday, along with Anonymous, Eric's band, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into... We've made an hour into the episode... Let's listen to the band Soldiers of Destruction because we are joined with the band. As soon as we play this song, we're going to be talking with the band about the band and their history. A quick briefing on their history. They're currently based out of Las Vegas, but originally formed in London in 1981. You'll get the story here in the interview in just one moment. Uh, if you want more info about the band, we'll cover social medias at the end, but they do have a webpage, sodpunk.com. Yes, yeah. they were the first SOD. Yep, <laughs> they even uh, <laughs> they even call that out in the interview. Yes, they do. It's SOD number one. Right. <laughs> Not the SOD uh, Scotty. <laughs> right. So Soldiers of Destruction, Cause and Affect will be out June 18th. We're going to play a track now, and you'll get another track after the interview. As they will state in the interview, this particular track, if you go pre-order right now, you'll get this track right here. So if you like it, you can get your hands on it before the album comes out. They will be talking about their album release show that you'll be able to get some hard copies and stuff from. And we are hoping to check them out soon. So without further ado, let's get into that track this is Soldiers of Destruction off of the new album Cause and Affect. Here is Undefeated. <laughs>
And now we are here with Soldiers of Destruction coming in live from Las Vegas, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> yeah, Las Vegas. Give us some introductions. Give us a Rolodex of who you are and what you're doing in the band. Uh, my name is Murat and I shout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Crew. I play guitar and do backing vocals. I'm John. I play drums. I'm Dave. I play bass and also do backing vocals. All right. Backing yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I sing in some. I actually didn't make notes in some of the, some of the parts. He's actually like classically trained, aren't you? I, that's a, a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, I've definitely I've been trained, not just. He's the best singer in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classically trained, as in uh, you started off with piano, and after ten minutes you moved on. <laughs> not classically body trained though. <laughs> no. Not, so yeah, best place to uh, I believe to start in an interview is. Uh, from the beginning. And I know that you guys, well, technically started way back in uh, in 81. So let's start from there. Where did the yeah. inception come from? That was just me, really, because the other guys, um, well, unfortunately, some of them died. But we started, the first gig was in February 1982. Um, and we've been together for like literally a couple of weeks. Um, ah. And then we played, I guess, 40, 50 shows between then and 84 when it sort of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, we did have a reputation for wrecking places and getting banned, but we're grown-ups now. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. You started in 81 under the name Soldiers of Destruction then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they had a, a few songs already. There was three guys in the band, and from what I understand, they tried out a bunch of different vocalists, and I was the least worst, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is a great name. So it sounds like you were the fourth to join. Do you recall why Soldiers of Destruction? It's just a cool name, so it doesn't have to actually be a reason, but I'm just curious, is there a reason? I honestly don't know. I don't think there was a reason. I think we just <laughs> we just like breaking stuff and you know, it was a you know, a kind of a punk punk name that went along with what we were doing, really. I think it's fantastic. It goes along with, uh, we were talking last week, uh, Stormtroopers of Death, right? And you got yeah. Soldiers of Destruction, both phenomenal names. Well, some people get the SODs confused, but we were around first, and we didn't have any racist songs either. So. Right. God. not as nice as we are either. Yeah, enough from New York. We'll say that, too. Right. 81 to 84. Band's done. Fast forward until when? Uh, like a couple of years ago, really. Yeah. I mean, it started coming together as sort of a vague idea after YouTube, really, because there was people yeah. posting. Like, we never recorded anything back in the day. We got offered a lot of contracts, and we were either too stupid or too drunk to, to do anything with them. <laughs> like, I got a letter from this dude in Russia. Like, when you play Russia? I'm like, never. We haven't even got a band anymore. And because people were uploading bootleg gigs on the internet, we started to get a bunch of interest again. But it really just came together out of, I, I met Crew in this bar, I mean, we were just drunk and talking about how we should get a band together. And he was like, oh, I kind of play guitar a little bit. And it turned out he was actually pretty good at it. And then the same with Dave, he was like, oh yeah, I've picked up a bass. And it turns out he's like, only one notch, notch down from Lemmy or jean jacques Bonnell. He's like, you know. <laughs> Although we'd be embarrassed to hear that. He's one of the best bass players I've, I've ever met, you know. And uh, we spent about, what, probably six months trying to find a drummer. Right. 
Yeah. Auditioned a couple different ones. So it was a while. Yeah, we tried a few people out, and there's an unfortunate '80s montage of just drummer tryouts right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was getting kind of frustrating. And then this guy Al came along, and I mean, he, he played a few gigs with us, but I don't really know what his deal was. I think not to dismiss him in any way at all, because he was very helpful being there when we needed a drummer. But I think he wanted something more commercial out of it. And to start making money immediately, which you're not going to do in a punk band, you know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, pretty much the day he quit, um, on good terms, John was there, and uh, we'd already started recording with John, and we really lucked out with him, you know. First, so you already stated that no releases at all uh, back in 81, 82, 83, 84, back then. So now you have a new album. Let's talk about that real quick. It is going to be coming out here in. Well, about three weeks, just a little less than three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is like half old songs and half new songs that we've written together. Because um, some of the old ones were worth, you know, bringing into the set and some of them didn't stand the test of time too well. So we just got rid of them. And I think part of the reason we didn't record back in the day, we got, like I said, we got offered a bunch of deals. But being so young, we didn't know what production was. Like we didn't even know what it meant. Well, we knew that if certain bands were on certain labels, they sounded really tinny, and we didn't want to sort of like, like for instance, if Clay Records or Bronze Records had offered us a deal, we would have done that because Motorhead had a discharge. So you would automatically assume that you're going to sound as heavy as they do. You know what I mean? Another reason for turning some of them down, it's like, oh, the records on your label sound kind of shit. We don't want to put out something that's going to be around and sound like that, you know? Right. Yeah. To be fair, the rest of it was just to do with not having our shit together. We all lived in squats. And um, one of the main promoters, uh, this guy called John Curd, used to book us by literally just putting us on a flyer and knowing we'd turn up. We didn't have phones or anything. <laughs> that was how, the, how we found out that we were opening for, we opened this really big gig with UK subs and a few other bands. And we literally found out by walking along the road and going, oh shit, look, we're playing with UK subs. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I just remember what day that is. Right. <laughs> I that still do. I still 24th, 1982. It was, uh, yeah. I wasn't even fucking born yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, me neither. Well, with a memory like that, that's probably how you're able to recall the songs from that time that you re-recorded. Because I was going to say, if, if there's one of the four of you that were around at that point and you recorded songs that you had back then, how difficult was it? Or did you just have this written down because you didn't have it recorded? Well, like I said, there was a lot of people bootlegging gigs. Um, there'd be some dude, his name was literally Bootlegger Dave, and he'd turn up with like a ghetto blaster and record all the shows from the back. And some of them were good quality, some of them weren't. And we were able to pretty much get what we wanted from that. Awesome. We've updated a few, and there was one called uh, Anti Them, which is the opening track on the album. We played it back, and I was like, I literally don't understand a word I'm saying because we only had one recording of it. And I was probably <laughs> drunk. And it, so I had to rewrite all the lyrics to that. Just, I didn't know. But apart from that, yeah, I mean, I remembered some of the lyrics, and the rest of it, we, we were able to find it online, you know. And we've, we updated a few songs just to make them sound a bit heavier or creepy because some of the lyrics were about things that were happening back then. And I don't like it when bands go on about, oh, this one's about Margaret Thatcher. And it's like, well, she's been dead for how long? 15 years at least. <laughs> Raining against someone who's been buried for that long really doesn't make any sense, you know? Right. Yeah, it's like at that point, don't get mad at the 
don't get mad at the person, get mad at what they left behind. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we updated a few of the lyrics here and there just to make them contemporary, you know, yeah. and still have some some sort of relevance. But a lot of them, was, they sort of stood the test of time anyway, because they're unfortunately the same things that happen. There's still war, there's still homelessness, there's still, you know, racism, all this sort of shit that goes on. And sadly, they haven't gone away, so the songs are still relevant. Yeah, it's like if you listen to the lead track I sent you, I think Undefeated, that track actually still to this day is pinpoint accurate. That's because that's a new song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm the newest member of the band. <laughs> but it got even worse. <laughs> yeah, crazy how that lined up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Still, though, uh, uh, based off of that, this song that is current and contemporary will most likely stand the test of time in the years to come. Yeah. I'd like we'll to think they didn't, but yeah, it will because <laughs> nothing much changes. You know what I mean? You can, you can uh, make positive changes in a small way, but on the whole, you still end up with some idiot running the country or, you know, or people unable to afford rent or, you know, mm-hmm. some of that never goes away. So yeah, it's it's sad to say that it will probably still be relevant, but long after I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it remains to be seen. Well, on that album, you guys are going to be doing a release show as well. So the official release looks like June 18th and then the 19th, which is Saturday. So Saturday, June 19th at Double Down, you guys are going to be playing an album release party. That's awesome. Is that your first gig since the pandemic that has uh, a crowd, you know, we were just talking before we started recording that Las Vegas, as of yesterday, the first has fully opened. I was in Las Vegas end of April and it was definitely not fully open then, but now it's going to be fully open. Have you guys played any, you know, to uh, a capacity crowd recently? We've actually played a few. Haven't we? Well, we've had some shows with limited capacity and also some remote shows this will be the one that's, you know, full capacity, I guess, finally, since Vegas just opened yesterday. Well, we did a couple of shows at the dive bar, and it seemed like... Those were good turnouts. So, it seemed like yeah. it was pretty full, and no one was bothering with masks. And, you know, I, I, I brought, you know, you bring your own microphone because you're like, I don't want to share germs with anyone. And then you end up getting people in the crowd to sing and spit into it or whatever. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever they go, I go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the first opening band that plays, it's like, Everyone's still kind of sitting at the tables and standing up or whatever. And then as the second band goes on, the third band goes on, like all those rules kind of go out the window, unfortunately. But it was definitely, you know, some pent up frustration. Everybody wanted to see a punk show. So we had some good turnouts in the early part of this year. Yeah, and that's we, awesome. Well, and, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you get roofied or whatever. Right? <laughs> so. yeah. That's what it felt like the, uh, the first local show that happened up here. Everyone's just crammed in this uh, toaster of a basement about just under a foot of headspace, sweats dripping down off of the ceiling. <laughs> and you didn't have oh. a choice. 50 people <laughs> all crammed in this room. You're going to be moving. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the best shows, I think. Hey, that really was. Uh, and yeah, when it came, that was like the first one and it just came back with a fire. Just every, all, most of them are little kids with all that frustration built up. So yeah, all they want to do is just hit shit. So that's kind of the nice thing that helped the scene in a, in sort of a 180 approach, that whole pandemic, that whole, I refer to it as the plague. 
<laughs> I go, the plague is like, yeah, we remember what we have and what we miss. Yeah, we spent the time in between just getting the album finished when we could play. You know, it's like um, there was a couple of months where we didn't see, you know, no one went out the door for three months when it first kicked in. So that put us back a little bit. But as soon as we were able to start recording and rehearsing again, we just got on with writing some new stuff and recording the old stuff, you know. Yeah, it's like pretty much from June till what, September, October, November, we were just tracking the album. We made the entire album ourselves, which I think it's a kind of a special thing for the release for us. Like we didn't have any outside hands really in it at all, with the exception of the five songs that the original drummer was on or Al was on. But we pretty much did everything ourselves. So we did it during the entire pandemic. So it's definitely got like a capture of time of what it was like, you know, when you listen back to the album, like what we were doing at that point in time too. It's kind of like a memory album or something. It's, it's definitely a product of the pandemic yeah, as, far as, as far as it being finished. Well, the tracks that we received to, to check out and, and to play on the show were great. Uh, Eric, we were just listening before we talked to you guys, and he was loving Cracked. Death of Glory's great, Undefeated. That's going to be uh, the, the lead track, correct? Yeah, uh, we got we got a, a, like one of those lyric videos for that and uh, made sure that our intent was very clear in the message so it's, it can't be misinterpreted or any of that. Um, both Cracked and Undefeated are newer songs and Deathfield Glory goes right back to the, the start of the band. Awesome. And, and right now, if listeners would want the song Undefeated, you can go out right now and if you pre-order the album, you'll, you get that song right now like early. So that track is out there already. And it's worth it. I can attest to that. <laughs> right. If, if people attend the album release party, obviously they will be able to get uh, hard copies there. Where will people that won't be able to attend that show, where can they either go listen to it, buy it digitally, or buy hard copies? Where's a good place for people to go check you out? Probably our website's the easiest one, sodpunk.com. Yeah, so. yeah. sodpunk.com has the links to all the major, you know, either streaming sites, purchase sites for digital. But as far as physical copies go, there's also a website called IamDeadly.com. And that has a place to go ahead and pre-order the a physical copy of the album. You can also get merch on there too. So yeah, there's plenty of uh, Soldiers of Destruction merchandise. Just go to SODpunk.com, click on Merch, and it takes you directly to IamDeadly to, to purchase anything you want. Awesome. Yeah, iTunes, Apple Music, all those different sites. You can go ahead and uh, pre-order it right now. Right now, go do it. <laughs> right, get on it. <laughs> or go get the hard copies or go check you guys out. What is your plans for shows maybe in the upcoming future? For for folks like Eric and I, you know, Vegas isn't too far. It's about a five and a half hour drive, less than an hour flight, you know, those kind of things. So us or California, Arizona, you know, short drives to go see your band. Uh, I've noticed that most bands really aren't doing a lot of touring until maybe August, September, maybe even the majority in October of this year, as far as, you know, not like full tours, but, you know, like venturing out of your home area to, to play a show, weekenders, stuff like that. Do you guys have any plans in the near future or 2021 for something like that? We got two gigs coming up. We got the, the double down on the 19th and then uh, dive bar on July 14th. And after that, we're looking at maybe a small tour. Um, but we've, we haven't got any details for that yet. That will just be up as it comes along. And then hopefully um, play in England next year as well, because uh, 
we've still got fans over there from the old days, you know, which is uh, which is weird. And <laughs> also, I don't, know, I don't know if you know the Hundred Club. It's like a, it's like the CBGBs of London or whatever. Right. Uh, we got an offer to play there again because we used to play there back in the day. And funny enough, we were banned for life <laughs> many years ago. And then our, our old drummer ended up bailing the place out when it was going to close. So the band's been lifted. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple other uh, festivals and uh, shows we're kind of, you know, um, that are in discussion right now that haven't, you know, been officially announced yet. But if you also go to our um, SOD Punk website, there is a section on there where as soon as, you know, anything's made official, we, we announce the different shows that are coming up. So if you just want to check out the site for that as well, we always try to, you know, keep the fans updated as to, you know, what festivals, what shows we'll be doing. So keep an, keep an eye out on that. Awesome. We, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, hopefully you get to go and do any of the festivals you want to do. I don't know if Rebellion is what you might have been referring to over in England along with, you know, several other shows because that's that's a long way to travel to do one show. But <laughs> that would be uh, an awesome festival. over there, and It would be great to play Rebellion. I, you know, I, I've never actually been to that one because I moved to the States quite a while ago and it was just kind of starting out over there and never got around to going. And haven't been back since. But there's yeah, there's a few venues that surprisingly have offered to have us play again. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you mentioned you put it all together. You pretty much you, you did everything all, all on your own. You recorded last year. The label is Americant Records. Tell us about Americant Records. That's our own label as well. We actually got offered some stuff uh, during the pandemic. We got offered some sort of major label stuff and. It just didn't sit right, you know. They they want to keep the rights to your music, and I don't know. They they almost they almost challenged us with like, well, you can't do it on your own. And we we're like, yeah, we'll show you, you know. And it's not about making a shitload of money, even though that would be great because I've never had any. But it's still proving that it still can be done in the in the, the old traditional DIY, yeah, you know, the punk way, you know. Right. And that way. We retain complete control over it and we don't have anyone sitting there going, oh, you should play a pop song or, you know. I've always had a recording studio. I went to recording school when I was younger and just uh, worked in studios in Los Angeles and things of that nature. So it's just easy to record yourself and put out your own records. No one has creative control on you, what we want, when we want to do it. And it just makes sense. You know, collectively, easily business savvy and we know what would you might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, collectively. So, yeah, it's, it's fun, you know, to be able to do it with your friends and, and, and do it on your own instead of getting offers from major labels that are just not really what you'd want to take, you know? Yeah. I bet it instills that, uh, that feeling of pride. Sort of. I mean, you know, that's why I said it was kind of a special thing for us to release it because yeah. we put, like, everything into that and it took a long time to make it what we wanted it to be. That's only what we want it to be. It's no one else has been influencing us. And, oh, you know, cut this part or extend this part. And it's just been yeah, completely self-controlled. And we keep the rights too, which is really important. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't see what record companies do nowadays either. You know, There's, everything's available online. And all they're going to do is, here's a bunch of money to go and record. And now we want it back, you know? So you're in debt to us for however long. Or, you know, <laughs> right. If, Make it a video, or if they're giving you tour support, you got to pay it all back, you know. Yeah, so why not for yourself? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. On a side note, but on that note, 
are you guys going to be doing anything else or is your plan to do anything else with your record label or is it just for your band? We literally just signed a band yesterday, a local band called Lean 13. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, rather than just being us, we want to support the scene as much as we can. And we've only done that one band uh, so far. When's the album coming out? Like, uh, months, July, end of July, or obviously. Because um, we're going to be picky about it as well. You don't want to just put out stuff that you're part in. You know what I mean? You got to believe in what they're doing, and we go and check them out live. And if they can't, if they can't pull it off live, then there's no point in doing it. But yeah, we want to extend it to to help out other bands as well and give them some of the the stuff that we've learned as we've been doing this process. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. You, you want, you know, things that represent your label. You help them, they help you type of mentality. And, uh, you know, there's several labels that I, I'm a big fan of. And as soon as I see they're releasing something, I'm going to check it out. I might not always like everything from every single label that I like, but for the most part, I can see the consistencies and do like the majority. So that helps the bands and it helps the labels too, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's early days with this, but we want to have a, a good reputation with the, the bands we're trying to work with. And we kind of based it on uh, Fat Records because there was bands that left that label to go to majors and then they came back again and was like, you know, we've been treated fair here. Yeah, and right. All their deals seem very fair with the bands and no one complains about it. And you don't hear horror stories about anyone getting ripped off or, you know, we want to keep it and be fair to people, you know? Right. So it is just a you know you give back what you receive. When less than Jake left Fat Records to go to a major label, they came right back. Anti Flag was the same thing. Got to be fair with your bands and like first, second, and third generation of Fat Records between like '95 and 2002, all those bands were just like handshake deals. They didn't really have these extensive seven record contracts. Like the seven record deal is over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hard to find a band that's not just putting out singles anymore, you know, let alone actual full-length records, which EPs are fine, but, you know, bands aren't really doing that as much as they used to even five, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. It's really just singles and, and EPs these days, so it's nice to have bands that are actually putting out records, like, you know, we're putting out a 14-song album, you know, another band on our label's putting out 11 songs, so it's definitely got 30 or 40 minutes that you can sit down and enjoy, rather than just download the latest single and then wait three months, then you get another single. It's like, right. Yeah. Really singles. They're just, uh, they're just little hype pieces. They're just promos. You know, it's like you got a taste of what it is now. Wait for the full meal to come in. Just right. A, a sample. And sometimes you won't even get it, you know? Yeah. And sometimes uh, like myself, I don't like to spoil the experience of an album by getting a taste of it. It's like, okay, I heard this one song, but I want to hear it in sequential order with everything else, see how it all fits together. Yeah, I prefer listening to albums as albums than picking and choosing tracks because obviously you go through the whole thing of which song should go first and the running order and all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff, you know. And if bands put the effort into that, why wouldn't you put the effort into listening to it like that? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, there's so many parts to it. The artwork that goes along with the album, mm. the and exactly the track order. There's so many great things that go along. Uh, it's all an art form. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the image we used, we had to pay for. Yeah, that's right. It was taken by a, a photographer at the Poltax riots back in 1990. And we tracked it down, and you know, because we didn't want to just steal it. 
And it, was, it actually wasn't that expensive to buy, but it was nice to be able to throw in some money as well because he's now disabled from taking that picture because the cops turned on him after he got the picture and, and wow. basically fucked him up, you know? Jesus. So it's nice to be able to throw in something, you know? Yeah, there you go. With the uh, with album artwork, I've always said, like, uh, before it, it gives you an idea of what the record is going to be uh, singing about or even sound about, before you take it home and before you even drop the needle on the record. Yeah, an old lady yeah. gets smashed in the by a cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back in her hands and she was like, I'm not going to take your shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? yeah. That's all going into the uh, going into the art form. You know, it's all mental. Like I said, we hope that you are going to be playing some of those festivals because we definitely want to be attending some of these festivals. Uh, If you do do any weekenders, Salt Lake is not too far away, though business sense is way better to go to California because they have so many other cities that are closer to each other that you'd be able to play shows. But if for some reason you make your way up north, you know, Washington, Oregon, cross Boise or something like that, and you need to make your way back, Salt Lake is not a bad place to come through. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we, we're not really that bothered about where we play, as long as there's a crowd and it's a good time. You know, we used to, especially looking back at the old days, we played some rail toilets. You know, I mean, it was like I've heard of a place called Skunks, but it was usually about ankle deep in blood and someone had ripped the sink off the wall, and it was just horrible. But we played there a bunch of times because it was a gig. You know. <laughs> Well, I say I'd rather not ever play there again. I think I've been there. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's awesome. Well, if you do come here, you let us know. We'll make sure you have something a little better than that, anyway. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll just make sure the faucet's ripped off the sink. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know if we have any like that yet, but you let us know when you're coming, and we'll we'll make arrangements. Yeah, make sure we're about ankle deep in blood and water. That'd be great. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll be on that as well. <laughs> All right, so what else should we know about Soldiers of Destruction? Pretty much it. I mean, I think we're going to plan to do another video here pretty soon. And we're already writing the new album, the next one. So we're working on that. So we've got a couple tracks laid down already, and we're still in the process of writing things. So hopefully we can get that out in 2022. So that's kind of what we're working on moving forward. I like walking along the beach. That's awesome brought up something that i thought about so you are releasing your first full length 14 tracks you did talk about how bands you know everybody was releasing either eps or lps you're going to be recording so you already have some things in mind i assume are you guys into doing splits or or something like that i guess if it came up and it was the right band we've not not really thought about it we've just been doing our own stuff at the moment i mean we got two new tracks for the next album but yeah i mean it would depend entirely on the band, if, if we like them or not, really. You know? Yeah, I don't think any one of us would be opposed to doing that at all. No, that's sure. Really funny. Yeah. It's a great thing to do if you tour, and especially if you guys end up going to Europe, anywhere in Europe, you know, a band that you like, whether they reach out to you or you reach out to them, you know, good promo for your tour. You have a couple tracks, they have a couple tracks, and you have something new to sell you know along the way and then you just have something cool that you put out and obviously if it's a band that you like something that you uh, enjoyed doing is there any yeah. bands right now yeah. is anybody can you think of some band that it doesn't matter you just say i'm whoever we ask they say yes 
who would that band be that you would do a split with? Top that. Um, I'd say the Exploited. That'd be awesome. But the Exploited haven't done an album for years. Yeah. We, we played. <laughs> and they're first, when they're coming back, it's split. It's the Soldiers of Destruction. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we played with them back in the day a few times. There's a band called Death from Zero out of London that uh, I'm friends with. Who, are, yeah, I'd be interested in doing something with them because they're on kind of on the same level. But who else? I mean, idols are great, but they're a little bit out of our league. <laughs> <laughs> idols from uh, UK? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, great. Yeah. I didn't, it's funny. I didn't realize how big they were until I started because uh, I got into them kind of late. I, I started following them on Twitter, and I'm like, damn, they're playing like five nights at Brixton Academy. That's like five thousand people a night. Wow. And, then they booked the US tour and they're doing three or four nights at the Henry Fonda in LA and it's all sold out already. And that place is like at least 2,000, I think. Wow. Uh, I still haven't seen them live yet. They're great bands. But... Me neither. I haven't seen them live and I've loved everything they put out so far. Right. But, I mean, that's the interesting thing. It is easier to break a band in, in England just logistically because it, it's, it's such a small country. You know, I mean, like if you play London one night, say you play play Brighton the next night it's only like 50 60 miles away as opposed to like you could tour Texas forever you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're still only known in Texas you know and, and kind of the same with California really like you could play Sacramento and San Francisco and LA and Long Beach you know what I mean and you're still in the same state whereas England you could, I used to follow motorhead tours on a motorcycle and yeah. the longest distance was about 200 miles before you're at the next gig you know Damn. Yeah, that's quite a, a step out of our league. Yeah. Because, I mean, Salt Lake City, we're in the middle of the desert. Yeah, six six hours in every direction from every other major city. Yeah, six to eight. You might be able to get two or three shows in proximity here, you know, a little north of us, a little south of us. But realistically, yeah, you're about six hours north to Boise, seven hours or so east to Denver, Reno yeah. is probably the closest east of us, and then Vegas is probably the closest south. It is. <laughs> I noticed you guys get all the, you get a lot of the big tours where some bands will skip Vegas for some. I still don't know why. But like Ministry are, are touring, no Vegas gig. Slipknot are touring, no Vegas gig. You know. Wow. Uh, yeah. You get Steel Panther instead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone's competing with all the other shows that are happening at the same exact time. You know, but I'm not sure about that. Yes. But it just does seem to get missed out a lot. Yes. I noticed it too. So yeah, you guys probably get better shows than we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting skipped on that Slipknot tour as well. Yeah, that's a weird one. I mean, hopefully that adds some dates to that. Because uh, I suppose that's another thing about our band is we're not, even though we're a punk band, we're not just influenced by punk rock. Like Dave's into death metal and we're all into different. Like, I like Slipknot and Clutch and Motorhead and a lot yeah. of the metal stuff and I don't see a lot of difference between some of it some of it to me is punk rock like Motorhead always said they were a punk rock band you know oh yeah and, especially yeah, on that first album you hear it the most yeah yeah and uh, a lot of the influences of punk went on into like the singer from Lamb of God used to be a custom punk rock band, you know so obviously he brought some of that with him yeah something I try to do in uh, my band it's like Punk rock, metal, hardcore. I love all three of those genres. We're going to funnel it down and make it put it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, well, also, the, the, a lot, at the time, back in the day, a lot of the, uh, the metal bands had way better production. And that's kind of what stopped us recording is because we listened to, like, ACDC back in black or Motorhead and go, wow, this sounds heavy, you know? How come 
how come Blitz sounds like it was recorded down the bottom of a well, you know? <laughs> That's one good thing about our band is, you know, we all come from different musical backgrounds to where, you know, like a lot of us have, you know, punk influence and metal influence. So I hope when people listen to our new record, they hear a little bit of everything. And, you know, like it gives maybe the punk fans what they like, might even, you know, give a, a metal fan something they like. So, you know, we try to make every song a little unique. And, you know, there's probably a little something on there for everyone. Yeah, I definitely heard that in the song uh, Crack. I, I definitely heard that as like, yeah, the riff, it sounds very punk rock, but it sounds very metal at the same time. Like I could ultimately hear this on a on like a thrash album. Same thing with a punk album. And I was yeah, like, I, mean, I love both of those things. <laughs> good, I'm glad you heard that. I mean, that's what we like to do. You know, we don't want to do just the same thing every other, you know, punk bands done, you know, it, we... We like that, you know, all our different, you know, influences come together to kind of create something original. Yeah. Even, even amphetamine, we could easily find that on sure. so many fresh albums. Right. And that, that's funny because that predated, right? that's an older song. Yeah, which it's is what I, that's one of the things I loved about it so much when I first heard it. It's like, this is way ahead of its time. Yeah. That was actually kind of cool because we got, uh, Morat got Nick Oliveri from Queens of Sony and Caius to like feature on the, the tours. And the dwarves, yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. He added some really cool stuff to that song, but they won't let me play ska at all because I like ska. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, your music is fitting for the name, you know. When you hear "Soldiers of Destruction" and you hear your music, you're like, "Yes, th- this makes sense." There's some bands out there that you get a cool name like that. The I don't know. I can't even think of any of their music, but I don't know, decade or two ago, that band, I think they were five for fighting. You think, oh, this is probably going to be cool. And then I heard like, what the fuck is this? This is terrible. <laughs> Definitely not my style of music, whatever it was. It's been so long since I heard it. But that's one of those where you think, oh, this is going to be cool and aggressive. And it just wasn't any either or of yeah. those things. Well, sometimes you uh, get a band with a shitty name and yeah. They make shitty music, so yeah, no loss. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Toto. <laughs> uh, We're fighting the death punch. <laughs> speaking to our name, though, um, you know, at the beginning of the show, you were kind of asking us, you know, where it came from and whatnot. And all I can say is these days it's kind of taken on some new meanings in that, you know, we have a song called End of a Rope which, um, you know, deals with the subject of suicide and things like that. So, you notice we're all kind of like soldiers going through life. And, you know, a lot of times there's things that, you know, we indulge in that can be self-destructive somewhat. So, you know, it's just, you know, the name Soldiers of Destruction, too, kind of takes on meaning in some of our songs with just like almost like uh, cautionary tales or, you know, just stories about, you know, things we've seen in our lives or experienced with, you know, different, you know, friends and loved ones, things they've gone through and just, you know, kind of getting uh, those messages out there, you know, hoping, you know, that people we care about don't, you know, destroy themselves. Don't be, you know, too, too self-destructive. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I've seen it was like uh, soldiers of destruction. It's like uh, you're trying so hard to uh, save the world, you know, be it like the world or your world that you end up destroying it. Right. Yeah, especially with like our songs that are more like, you know, politically centered and whatnot. It's like, you know, we all want to fight the, the good fight, the positive fight. But, you know, through that, we also yeah don't want to 
lose ourselves. No, but it's good you bring a lot of that up because those are, yeah, they may be age-old questions, but we're, they're questions we're still asking to this day, so it still holds a lot of water. Yeah, I mean, even like Summer Fun was written by 82 or something, and it was about the riots in Brixton originally. There's, yeah, there's still riots going on, you know, <laughs> recently in England, and we literally only changed one word on that because it named a politician who's no longer around. Changed it to a word that we're probably not allowed to say on your um, show. <laughs> 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 you know, Dick Kennedy's, they, they've done something different. Like every California Borales that was written about uh, Jerry Brown, who was governor of California way back in the you know, 70s and 80s. Then they re-released it as we got a bigger problem now when Reagan was still in office. And it's like, made that about Reagan. And then the last thing uh, Jello Biafra did with the uh, School of Medicine, did a California Uberalis, made it about the current governor of California, made it Schwarzenegger related. <laughs> and <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and then he got ch- changed to Trump after that. Yep. <laughs> then it was like... Yeah. Yeah. A DOA did something with that too. Their song Fucked Up Ronnie, or it, it was Fucked Up Baby, then it was Fucked Up Ronnie, and then they came out and did Fucked Up Donnie. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm saying about earlier about fans who still sing about Thatcher and, and stuff like that. It's just irrelevant. It doesn't, you know, their legacy, unfortunately, is still with us, but at least name the right names, you know, and some of those bands. I don't really want to name names, but some of them have got songs that are specifically about a time that was 40 years ago, and it doesn't doesn't it doesn't apply to now, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like, uh, if you're mad about an incident, yeah, the reaction is to write about it, scream about it. And, but if you do dig a little deeper, it's like you look at the cause of that incident, and that usually stands the test of time better than the incident itself, because the incident, yeah, people forgot about it. <laughs> but what they're not going to forget is the uh, causal link. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I see it. And I just compare it to a lot of songs that I love. I'm like, yeah, I can't relate to this because I wasn't alive in 1984. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but I like the song. I, I get it. It's a good history lesson, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was alive then. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I remember when Noah said it looked a bit rainy out. <laughs> All right, fellas, thank you again for joining. We're going to play some more music. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Destruction. That track is cracked. Comes in at number two on the album for anybody who's looking to pre-order. Do it. Right? I mean, just based on those two tracks alone, I am already waiting in major anticipation of the rest of those, of the 12 remaining tracks, as they said. Right. Uh, but yeah, on top of the music, I got a lot, I really am holding a lot of respect to, uh, to every one of those members. And, uh, I'm skipping on the the name of the singer, the original Morat. Borat. Morat. Morat. Borat's the God damn it. The moron on TV. <laughs> Kazakhstan live. Yeah. Oh man. Oh that that would be pretty funny if they were a Kazakhstan punk. <laughs> Regardless, Morat. Yes. God, I just got to remember Mole Rat. There you go. Something like that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I really loved what he was saying, how he's uh, not beholden to just punk rock. He listens to a lot of uh, other metal genres. And some of the other guys in there, yeah, they followed suit. And uh, their drummer. Uh, I remember him talking about how he loves loves ska music and how he's just like, uh, he can't really implement that into the genre, but he still listens to it as well. But it all came down to like uh, taking... It's like, yeah, we listen to all of those genres and we like to and we like to put it all into our into our mix right here. Right. And I love it. It fits so well, but I can hear it, you know, particularly in that uh in that first song that we played, Undefeated. It has a I pointed out that it has a lot of uh very old school kind of thrashy punk riffs where it was like you can't tell where if one influenced the other, pretty much. Right. It just exists somewhere in between those genres, and it is flawless. And again, I know I'm uh, beating a dead horse here, but the bass is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, particularly in uh, uh, in Undefeated, where he just kind of goes on that little solo right there. <laughs> yeah, even got a little bit of, uh, in a, a little bit more time and cracked as well. It just all it just all molds so perfectly, and their guitar tone. I noticed this in Cracked sounds sounds almost identical to the tone that Wisdom and Chains uses. 
Awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know shit about tone. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> names. I just can hear it, you know? But, but yeah, if you're going to model yourself after anybody, do so with Soldiers of Destruction because they may be, by definition, an old band. <laughs> 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 but they are doing it right. Also, lyrically, I want to point out what Morad was saying, how they had to go back and change some of the lyrics because it was written at the time it made sense about certain people that they despised or didn't agree with. And now they're like, yeah, we're writing to make it a bit more relatable to today's standards. And we didn't have to change much because a lot of the stuff is still around. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And uh, I'm just repeating what he was saying on there. If he did listen to the interview, he didn't skip over it and wanted to come back to us, which uh, if he did, shame on you. Right. <laughs> but also thank you. I guess uh, you really like hearing us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank Morat, Crew, Dave, and John for joining us on the show. It was a great interview, and we look forward to checking out Soldiers of Destruction live when we get the opportunity but, again, if you're in Vegas for their album release party on June 19th at the Double Down, get there. Get there. It'll be awesome. Check them out. Send pictures. Yes. Yes, <laughs> please do. We, we definitely, videos, whatever you got, uh, we, we are definitely going to be missing out. I will not be able to get there that weekend, unfortunately. But great stuff nonetheless. Eric, thank you to them. Eric, wrap up the show. What do we got? We got a song from my second favorite band. If you were listening in the past few months, my favorite band is Flogging Molly. My second one is Rage Against the Machine. It's a good choice. Hell yeah, it's a good choice. And it just kind of uh, goes right on the opposite side of the spectrum of Flogging Molly. <laughs> and yeah, they are an accumulation of, of rap, obviously, and of metal, and of hardcore, and even a bit more uh, classic rock. They have quite a few influences. Uh, yeah, as aforementioned, taken from all specks and uh, little uh, pieces and little fruits of the genre that they are most influenced by. And that happens to be that happens to be Rage Against the Machine. You can listen to one song, say it's more metal, one other song, and say it's more punk, and another one that's like uh, more hardcore. And the one that I chose is a mix of quite a few of those things. And the song is Settle for Nothing. Man, I love the buildup of this one, how it starts off all serene and quiet. And then right as soon as uh, Zach just yells, and now I got a name, it just, (laughs) there it goes. And then that chorus just explodes in your ears, and then it refrains a little bit, goes back to the quiet part, and builds up again, and then boom! <laughs> and you even get like this uh, this harmonious little guitar solo of, it just sounds straight, sounds straight classically trained from Tom Morello. I mean, everyone looks at Tom Morello using the pedals and his, uh, his whole smorgasbord of effects as a crutch, but it's like, no, he actually knows how to use that instrument, buddy. <laughs> so... Everything just falls into place right here on this song. It is brutal, it is menacing, and it is, it's Rage Against the Machine. What do you expect? Something soft? (laughs) It's rage.
freedom from the pain of our home. Hatred passed on, passed on, passed on. A world of violent rage, but it's one that I can recognize. Having never seen the color of my father's eyes. Yes, I dwell in hell, but it's a hell that I can grip. I tried to grip my family, but I slipped. To escape from the pain in an existence mundane, I got a nine, a sign, a set, and now I got a name. Creep my writing on the wall. No one's here to catch me when I fall. Father's eyes. Yes, I dwell in hell, but it's a hell that I can grip. I tried to grip my family, but I slipped to escape from the pain in an existence mundane. I got a nine, a sign, a set, and now I got a name. We love writing on the wall. No one's here to catch me.
So yeah, that's a Rage Against the Machine firing on all cylinders. It's carried by uh, Tom's bass, Zach's impeccable, unmistakable, violent vocals, and like I said earlier, Tom's uh, just uh, virtuistic guitar skills. Just like, uh, yeah, with the little uh, sound effects that he's putting in during the chorus. But then, yeah, that fucking solo. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quick funny story on this one. This uh, I was uh, down in Arizona with uh, two of my friends, and we were driving around. It was dark out, and we were uh, and we were playing Rage Against the Machine. And this song comes on, and we're just kind of vibing, just chilling. And we're just kind of singing the lyrics to ourselves. And as soon as the... And as soon as that, like, call to arms leading into the chorus comes in, my friend right next to me just shouts, And now I got a day! <laughs> it's just going from, I got a nine, a sign, a seven, And now I got a day! I'm like, fuck, okay, I'm awake! <laughs> <laughs> so now every time I hear that song, I just can't help but, yep, do that same thing. <laughs> right. Well, the segue from your band, it is really, it's kind of the same band. Not really, but a little bit. Yeah, it's Zach, not Audio Slave. <laughs> it is not Audio Slave. No, we're going to play One Day as a Lion, which features Zach De La Rocha on vocals and on keyboard. He's doing vocals and keyboard in this yep. project. And then John Theodore, uh, who had drummed for Mars Volta and Queens of the Stone Age. This is their project. So we played a two-man band earlier in the show, well, we're going to play another two-man band, and your pick inspired this pick from me, and like, well, I have never played One Day as a Lion on here, and why not? They released their EP, self-titled One Day as a Lion, July 22nd of 2008, and that was it, nothing else. So, we're going to play Wild International from that uh, release. Here we go, let's check out One Day as a Lion. Got clipped, you can't clap back. 
with minimal lift and criminal flow. I'm killing them soft and filling them full. Everything stole. And once again, I'm back, nailing the wrist of they Christmas. Watch me make their family a witness. That is one day as a lion. Oh, that is some good stuff. Yes. <laughs> Seems like a lot of, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny where it's like, uh, they, uh, Rage Against the Machine minus, uh, Zach was audio slave. Right. <laughs> you know, at, and of course, add Chris Grinnell and whatever. And then, yeah, now Zach De La Roca went and did his thing kind of similar to Rage Against the Machine, but a little bit more with, uh, an industrial twist on it. Right. Or kind of like a, uh. Kind of like an old school dark wave electronic edge to it, but it was good. It was I really good liked stuff. it. I liked it. Yeah. Now all we got to do is play something from Inside Out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which we very well could. Gotta right. Listen to. Um, got to re-listen to some of their some of their material. I can't remember what they have, but it was good shit. Yeah, Zach De La Roca as a hardcore kid. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> well, these two are a little bit less punk. Projects Rage Against the Machine somewhere, uh, I think in in one of those branches uh, that fall or umbrella you know falls under the umbrella. Yeah. But that one day as a lion, a little bit further uh, off from punk. Nonetheless, that's it. That's the show. We want to thank all the guys and soldiers of destruction again. We enjoyed the interview. We enjoyed their music, and we are both definitely looking forward to seeing them in the future and hearing the rest of Cause and Affect. You can find us, the show, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. On Instagram, you can find the bands at Total Effing Massacre, at Bent Out of Shape, Oi, at The Boldness, at Slobheads Band, at Villain SLC Hardcore, at Official SOD Band, and at SLC Punkcast. And again, it's SODPunk.com if you want to go check out information on upcoming shows and where to buy the album and other information about 
the original SOD, Soldiers of Destruction. Eric, where can we find you? Uh, you may find me on Instagram. You may find me at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And my, you can find me at my band on Instagram at Anonymous Band SLC. Oh, wait. Facebook. I did it again. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Facebook handle. The Instagram handle is Anonymous. Hold on. Underscore Band Official. There we go. And Bandcamp, anonymousslc.bandcamp.com. <clears throat> And you can also find me in person at our show on June 11th at Urban Lounge. We go on around 9, 9, 10. We'll be playing for about 35 minutes, and we'll have merch there. We have all but six cassettes left. Six? <laughs> six cassettes left and buttons. So if you want the a cassette, you better get there early. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We'll have more made, but those are the final six that we have currently. And, yeah, if you want to listen to me more, you can find me on Wrecked Podcast from uh, Salt City. Or not not a Salt City. Though I am on an episode of that, so <laughs> at Wrecked Podcast, at Assault City, all part of a Circle Pit Radio Network. And I think, I think that is everything <laughs> Let's get to the Facebook handles. <laughs> uh, on a quick side note, I said that Rock the Ship was my last show. Well, it was that's untrue. Strung Out, The Casualties, and Endless Struggle played in Salt Lake City November 9th of 2019. That was my last show. Okay, there we go. <laughs> now on to Facebook, at Total Effing Massacre, at Ben Out of Shape. Oi, thanks again to Bart. At The Boldness, at Slobheads, at Suspect Device NYC. Thank you, Albie. At Villain SLC and at Official SOD Band. Thank you to all the guys in Soldiers of Destruction. The show's found at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 215 and for sticking around all the way up to this point. Eric, any final thoughts? Uh, I got a a couple final thoughts. One thing, it is a... I know it's going to kind of sound oxymoronic because we do this quite a bit, but listening to one band from one, uh, one song from one band, there we go, it doesn't accurately portray their entire discography or their entire musical output. You look at bands at different, different parts in their careers, they may have had different sounds. They've had evolution, they've had changes, and they may have devolutioned de- back to their... Back to their old ways. So what I'm getting at is, yeah, listen to one song. If you like it, I encourage you, check out the rest of them. You know, maybe that is their their only good song, their one-hit wonder, so to speak. But you can only hear one song from one album. Give the rest of the album a listen. That's what displays their all the differences and their uniqueness, and it exclamates it to a point where you can see them as a, quote, good band or good artist. So that's my end cap. Listen to full EPs, listen to full albums, and take advantage of the singles. If you like what you hear in the singles, which is quite a majority of shit that we play, right? then you, chances are you'll like the extended play and the long play. So get out there and listen to it. Support your bands. Support your artists. End cap. Mic drop. Play the fucking outro.